Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Seaver fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Alright, today I'm going to be talking about Season 7, Episode 17, entitled Menage Luke, which aired on February 8th, 1992. Ben and Luke fight over a girl at school. Chrissy tries to understand her parents' jobs. Oh boy, this has got an 8.0 out of 10 based on 206 ratings. Wow. So we do have a couple guest stars. Um, One who is an Oscar winner. Or is it Academy Award? I'm not sure. She plays Sasha Saratsky. We only see her in two episodes. This and another for season seven. They, she plays a, a classmate of Ben and Luke's. This person is played by none other than Hilary Swank. Here's an interesting connection. Hilary Swank was in a TV movie in 1996, one I've covered for this podcast. You can go back and listen. It's called Terror in the Family, where Joanna Kearns, who plays Maggie Seaver on Full House, plays her mother in Terror in the Family. We have Wendy Cox, who, um, Wonder Years reference here, guys. She plays, oh, she's a very, very short career. Um, she played Julie Adam. I'm sure I mispronounced that name. So she was a girl that Kevin dated for an episode in season five, episode 15 of Mastodons and Men. Kevin starts spending most of his time with his new girlfriend, Julie, and her family no longer allowing him to hang out with the guys. When she all of a sudden wants him to go steady, he begins to have second thoughts about their relationship. This girl also, aside from being in one episode of Growing Pains and one episode of Wonder Years, was a series regular on a show that I used to watch when I would visit my mom. Um, it's called The New Lassie. It has an actor on here who, he went by a different name. I can't remember what it was. But this is, of course, is Will Estes, who played J.J. Pryor on American Dreams, a, another podcast that um, I eventually am going to one day go back to because I love the show. It's so good. So Wendy Cox, who plays Cheryl on the episode of Growing Pains, and Julie in the episode of The Wonder Years, plays Megan McCullough. And also the new Lassie 
had Christopher Stone and Dee Wallace, who were in the movie Cujo together. They were also in the movie The Howling together. They actually were married in real life. Christopher Stone actually did pass away in 1995 from, I believe it was a heart attack. So, all right, let's look at more of this episode here. Let's see, do we have any trivia, any goofs? Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> one of which I already said, Hilary Swank, Sasha, and Joanna Kearns, Maggie, would later work together again in the TV movie Terror in the Family, which also had Dan Luria. From the Wonder Years, he played Jack Arnold, Kevin Arnold, Prince Savage's father, on the Wonder Years. The episode's title is a reference to the term menage a trois. This episode guest stars two future Oscar winners, Hilary Swank for Boys Don't Cry in 1999, and Million Dollar Baby in 2004, and Leonardo DiCaprio in 2015. He finally got that Oscar. Right, let's get into this episode. I like this episode. I've seen it so many times when it was airing on Disney in 1997. That's when I got more familiar with Growing Pains and stuff was on all the time. And I also would like record them and I would like record the voices and stuff on a little cassette tape and like memorize the episodes. So sometimes I'll know the dialogue before it's going to happen. And not just the dialogue, but the inflection of the dialogue as well. So, all right, without further ado, Manaja Luke. I gotta say, guys, Ben does not come off good in this episode in any shape or form. He really comes off as a jerk. That sucks, because that is just another way that they've ruined his character on the show. And don't get me wrong, Luke is a great kid. He really, really is. He treats Cheryl with the respect that she deserves. But it's almost like he is that brother Luke is, even though... Mike is like an older brother figure for him, almost like a bigger brother, that program. And it's almost like Luke is the little brother that Mike always kind of wants. I mean, compared to... And Ben's going to get into it. He, things are going to get freaking heated this episode. Big freaking time. Let's get into it. All right, I got to select the episode here. Of course, we can't start the episode without a cold open at Dewey High School, which definitely looks like it's gotten a paint job since Mike and Carol both went there back in the uh, mid to late 80s. <laughs> and Luke has been going to Dewey High. He's not going to that um, community school where Mike first met him. He's actually at Dewey, enrolled there. So he's doing amazing in school. One thing that Ben brings up later, which we'll definitely get more into it, is the fact that for the longest time, he had lived in Mike's shadow, always being called Saver's little brother. And now that Luke is here, Luke is now providing competition where Ben didn't ask for it. So not only is Ben applying himself more in school, and now that he has been applying himself, here comes Luke. Ben is so jazzed, he got an A- minus on the test. How'd you do, Luke? And Luke's like, oh, well, it's not so, you know, it's, it's all right. It's just a grade. <laughs> and Ben grabs the paper. He's like, you got an A+. Plus? 
And Loki's like, oh, well, I made some lucky guesses. And Ben's like, in algebra. You made lucky guesses in algebra. Fuck you. And Luke is like, well, it's not like math is an exact science or something to that effect. Like, okay. Oh, there's a a thing on the wall, a sign on the wall that says useful arts. Like the pictures you'd find in libraries that would say, for this section, go to 500 to 535 or something to that effect. So I'm going to play this clip. We're gonna, I think we're going to meet Sasha in this episode, and we may even meet Cheryl. So it's going to set up the dynamic that's going to carry us through the rest of the episode. Not only the competition at school, now it's a competition between Ben and Luke for girls, one who Ben really could care less about, but the fact that she takes an interest in Luke, now Ben's masculinity apparently is going to be threatened. Sasha 
Fuck, burning love is here. The fuck? You turn into a man? <laughs> well, here walks Sasha Saratsky down the hall. Ben grabs Luke by the collar and, like, practically throws him up against the wall. And Luke is like, the hell, dude? I'll get a B next time. Damn. And no, Ben's like, no, 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 that's Sasha. That's the girl that I've been, like, jonesing over for years. And then he, he's got this master plan that he's come up with. And Ben is all, like, confident at first. He's confident, like, oh, yeah, today's the day she's going to ask me to a Sadie Hawkins dance. So this, oh, the Sadie Hawkins dance is where the bo- the girls ask boys. Kind of like in Full House, they had, like, a turnaround dance, which is actually, like, slang for the Sadie Hawkins. Maybe they couldn't say Sadie Hawkins. So Luke's like, well, she's going to ask you out, huh? She's going to ask you to the dance? How, how do you know all this? Like, and, ben, and Ben's like, oh, well, look, see, this is the this is my payoff plan of the master master plan of Carmelis or some weird shit. Sounds like Carmelest. I'm going to love this. This is a weird, funky term. And I swear, as I've said, I've watched these episodes a gazillion times. I've always wondered what the fuck, Carmelest? What the hell is that? Is that a French? Is that a term, Latin term, French term? I got to look it up because I got to know. So he, Ben even breaks this because Ben looks like, the fuck does that mean, Carmelest? I mean, no, that's me as Luke saying, I don't know what you're speaking Greek to me or some shit. So there's different phrases and or phases like phase one, phase two, phase three. So basically, phase one he ignored her. Phase two sat behind her in or across from her in lunch, never made eye contact, and then he pulled strings to get into a, her English class. Sat behind her the whole damn year, did not say a fucking word to her, and now apparently she's gonna apparently it, it paid off. And looks like, so you've been doing this all semester? And Ben's like, no, since sixth grade. Really? You had the cojones to be able to change your schedule at will to sit behind this girl in every damn school year in every single English class, not talk to her thinking, I'm the strong silent type. She'll not be able to resist the strong silent type. Ben in seasons five through six. Sure, I can get where he'd be, but uh, as I've been saying, guys, I, they nerd the fuck out of this poor boy. They nerd the fuck out of him with the, the mullety hair, with the glasses, and he comes off semi-confident and bordering on cocky as hell. Apparently, he's like, oh, it's all worth it because now I become the unattainable, undesirable undes- man of mystery. <sighs> Come on, Ben. You're giving yourself way too much credit, dude. See, this is supposed to be the same guy that in the homeschooled episode in season six or seven, or six, no, this is seven, five or six, was able to skip school on a regular basis and have kids pretend to be him and take his tests and sit in on his classes. We're supposed to believe that Ben Seaver is this Ben Seaver. I don't know. Even even Luke is like, okay, whatever you say, dude. Not. He sees Sasha talking to some girl, and then she's walking away, and Luke's going over to his locker, and Ben's like, oh my gosh, you bought me so bad. Ah! And Luke's like, dude, seriously? You even, like, seriously, you hear yourself right now. 
He's like, what? She probably undressed me with her eyes and looks like, wow, that little tease. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she was undressing you with her eyes. <laughs> I mean, guys, I'm not begging on Ben. I love Ben, but I don't love this version of Ben because he pisses me off. His cocky-ass attitude. And then he's going to treat this beautiful sweetheart of a girl. Nerdified as well, sadly. But this is, she, Cheryl's going to go through what you would refer to as the she's all that phase. Nerdy girl, boom, starts dressing up, looking beautiful. Not that she's not beautiful with the glasses and the hair all pinned up. But she's going to go through that phase and hoping that, oh, these are clearly the girls that Ben likes. The ones without the glasses, the one with the hair down, the one who's dressing more... You know, I'm, she's not dressing schlubbish at all. She's really not. She's wearing a jean jacket, but she comes off as this girl who is just, she's, I wouldn't be surprised if she had a shrine in her, in her bedroom of Ben. Like, probably got a lock of his hair. Because they sit next to each other. He apparently, he's doing great in math. He got an A- minus on that fucking test in algebra, but uh, history, fuck that shit. Because he was sleeping. Because he doesn't even know when Cheryl comes up. Like, hey, when do you want to work on our history project? He's like, what are you talking about? I don't know that. What project? He's like, oh, well, I mean, we're partners in class. He's like, well, I don't remember that. She's like, well, you were sleeping. I held up your hand. <laughs> we weren't even sitting next to each other. I just went over and, like, grabbed your hand. Like, me, me and Ben, me and Ben, we're going to be, we're going to be partners. He's sleeping. Just, Yeah. <laughs> She is such a sweetheart, and he just treats her like shit. Like, she's like a leech that he can't burn off, or a tick that he can't, like, remove. And it's just, it's sad. He doesn't go so far, because he's like, like, any advances that she's giving to him, he's like brushing off, like, mm, no, no, I'm not going to do any of that with you. She's like, hey, well, we'll discuss it, okay? And she's like, later tonight? Will you call me? He's like, yeah, sure, sure, whatever, whatever. And then she is, after she's been rejected, 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 just in this five-minute conversation, she's like, oh, um, I have something else to ask you. Um, would you go to the Sadie Hawkins dance with me? And Ben's like, oh, well, you know, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think that my mom's going to be in the hospital that night. Classic parent, cousin, sibling in the hospital. He's like, and she's like, oh, no, what's wrong with her? And Ben's like, oh, well, not much. I mean, she's just donating a kidney. It's like, it's almost like it's something she does, like, for fun on the weekends or some shit. And even Luke is like, oh, really? Your mom's donating a kidney? Since when? And Luke just gives him a look like, or Ben just gives Luke a look. Like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> like, silences him with a look. Like, yeah. And even when Cheryl comes up, like, oh, what a coincidence running into you, Ben. He's like, yeah, it's the 18th coincidence today. So she's memorized his schedule. She's obsessed with this boy. Obsessed with him. Even when Cheryl's like, I memorized your schedule, Ben. And even looks like, ugh, you did? Why? <laughs> like, he can't believe anyone, any girl would be into Ben. Ben is just getting really, really antsy. Like, he wants to just put this whole matter to bed. Like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, I can't talk right now. I can't talk right Because he, he's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go talk to Sasha. I gotta go ask her. Well, she's supposed to be asking him, isn't she? 
to the the dance as the girls choosing the boys, right? Okay. Cheryl leaves. Ben's like, hey, Luke, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm going to tell you what I want to tell uh, Sasha. So, you doing anything Saturday night between 8 and midnight? And, of course, Luke's like, yeah, Ben, you know, that sounds like a good balance between subtlety and begging. So, Ben's like, whatever. <laughs> All right, my breath smells... It's not going to kill her. So he goes over there. All you see is this blue coat that Sasha had. And she was also wearing like a white, reddish, greenish flannel shirt. So you think that's who's behind um, the coat there at the locker. He's like, all right, baby, I've let you dangle long enough. Your hunk of hunk of burning love is here. And of course, it's a fucking guy. Because, yeah, it would be. Like, she changed genders. Good for her. Imagine if that were her. And she's like, who the fuck are you? Get away. We'll get to that later. But damn. So, woo! You hear someone at the very end before the theme song comes in. <laughs> Alright, so now we're out of the intro. We're in the living room. We got Maggie and Jason just hanging out on the couch. They probably had to put in a nice long day's work. And they're just wanting to read the paper. Chrissy comes in. And she's like, hey, is Mike home? They're like, no, no, he's not home. What? What's up? Well, she's like, I got my first homework assignment. And it's like, oh, well, good for you. And she's like, no, because Mike's going to tell me how to get out of it. It's like, for heaven's sake, kid, you're six years old or five years old or whatever. You need to get it. What is this homework assignment? And Chrissy's like, well, look, we're not talking about bringing in a rock from the backyard. This is big time. I have to tell my class what the two of you do for a living. And Maggie is no longer, she's not a news field reporter. She's not a journalist. She, I guess, writes columns about testing products for businesses. And, of course, Jason's is, you know, he's a psychiatrist. But try having a six-year-old try to explain that to her kindergarten class. Good luck with that. So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> Is Mike home yet? I got my first homework assignment today. Oh, I'm not so sure Mike's the one you want to ask for help. Sure he is. He can tell me how to get out of it. <laughs> Dad, we're not talking bringing a leaf from the backyard. Oh, leaf this is rough. big time. I have to tell my class what your jobs are. grade good for her and she finds out that oh Chrissy's uh, got her first homework assignment and then Carol of course is going to reminisce about hers how 
she had to describe her favorite season, which was winter, and how she was the only five-year-old that thought of Frosty the Snowman as a metaphor for death. Well, isn't that some people simulate winter with, like, death and cold and stuff like that? I'm not surprised that, you know, five-year-old Carol was like this. I mean, she's got a psychiatrist for a five- I mean, this girl's got deep, deep thoughts, where Mike is kind of, you know, dull and, you know, shallow and what have you. Carol was, like, the brain, and she flaunts her smartness, which, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but anyway, it's just, Jason's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we had to have two parent-teacher conferences over that. So, Chrissy's like, you know what, on second thought, I'm gonna wait for Mike. Now we're gonna move to the kitchen. We got Ben and Luke. Luke is making a weird, fucked-up, disgusting sandwich that, um, I don't know, maybe... It's really, f and, and Ben lists, like, what the ingredients of, we got dill chips, peanut butter, and ma that is fucking nasty. That is, oh my god. I don't even know if the world's most pregnant woman would want something like that to eat. I mean, I've heard of weird-ass cravings, but that shit sounds, he's even got mustard sitting out and lunch meat. Ew. All of this, he's putting on bread. Um, that movie, Ben is Back, with Julia Roberts and, um, what the hell's the kid's name? Lucas Hedges. And I've heard of this type of thing where you make, like, peanut butter and jelly or something and you throw, like, potato chips on it. Which I've never had that before, but apparently that's a thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I've not tried it, so I guess I should knock it. But I'm knocking what he's making right now. The dill chips, the mayo, the peanut butter. Blech. Oh, 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 it even has a name, the sandwich. It's a miracle sandwich because Mike is passing through. Luke's like, hey, you want one of my miracle sandwiches? And Luke asks. And Mike's like, oh, uh, what's the miracle? Ben's like, the miracle is if you can choke it down without rolling. Ugh. If anything's gonna give you the shits, it's gonna be that fucking sandwich, I'll tell you that. How much mayo or peanut butter is he? He keeps, like, buttering that, or peanut buttering that, or mayoing that bread with, like, constant, like, even before Mike was in the room, he's like, gonna butter this bread, gonna butter this, I think it's got plenty on there, he's spreading it too thin. So, apparently, Kate is making, because she's a vegetarian, um, she's making a microbionic dinner of sorts. So, Mike basically has to starve himself in order to be hungry enough to want to eat it. So, before Mike heads out, he notices an adorable little girl, not little, but, uh, about Ben and Luke's age, hanging out outside. Like, oh, she must be lost. <laughs> So, Ben goes over, notices that it's Cheryl. Say, oh, shit, Cheryl, we were supposed to wear in the damn project together. You know what? I Make an excuse for me. And, of course, Mike's like, Ben, there's no excuse for you. So, Ben decides to go bowling with Stinky. It's like, dude, what the hell's your problem? Go let her in. So, now Luke's got a cover for Ben's being a dickhead. Like, dude, you were just being a jerk. What this girl sees in you, she's like, oh, I can see why you're so sweet because your mom's donating a kidney to a stranger. No, that attitude there, how he was being with you is sweet? Girl, 
You gotta get your glasses checked. No. Cheryl long to figure out that Ben is ditching her because she feels like he must think that she's a dork. And Luke, of course, is like, no, Ben doesn't think that. She's like, oh, really? Thank you. <laughs> he doesn't even think. Are you kidding me? So I like Luke here. I like that the fact that even, you know, Cheryl's like, well, I guess I'll work on this assignment by myself or this project by myself. And he's like, Hey, London. <laughs> yes, apparently you don't like to have closed doors in this house, you goofy rabbit. <laughs> what a goof. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. Um, See, now you made me lose my train of thought, buddy. Oh, he wants to have uh, my cat's water. Yep. Anyway, you know, I like what he's doing here. You know, she says, I'll just work on the project alone. He's like, oh, well, what's the project on? I mean, he doesn't even have a class with her. This isn't even his project, but he takes an interest in her, which is good. He, he helps her out. He says it's the on the 500th voyage anniversary of Columbus's voyage. And I like how Luke kind of jumps in there like, oh, well, yeah, thanks for reminding me. I mean, I still got to give him a gift. And Cheryl's like, what? And he's like, yeah, I mean, what does a 500-year-old explorer need? And I love her response. Uh, mouth to mouth? <laughs> So it's really, really cool about how they're like, 
imagine how famous he'd be if he were alive today. Like, he'd be on Hollywood Squares. He'd have a... She's like, oh, yeah, he'd have his own line of perfume. Like, Chris Columbus's Discovery and New World Order. I like... Whoever, you know, wrote these lines for these two, they are freaking gold. They're gold. I love them. They're so fun and creative. So, he's like, oh, yeah, and Arsidio. Or did she say that? Anyway, and they just kind of get into this little routine thing and it just I love how they play off each other it's just so good he's like yeah you should so do that like a talk show that's how you should do your project it's gonna suck when if it's just a one person act because <sighs> and the thing is I mean Ben doesn't I mean Luke doesn't even have that class I mean he can help her out and stuff but they're just having fun doing the art sitting woo 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 <laughs> I mean I watched I think I watched some of our city. You know, I watched In Living Color, too. Um, yeah, so now we're going to move on to basically what is plot B, which is going to be about Chrissy learning Jason's job as a psychiatrist. Apparently she got from Ben that people go into his office and lay down on the couch. You can only imagine where her mind is going from there. Jason has to get all detailed about the three egos or this id super id and whatever and she's like huh finally she's like you know if you were a fireman this would be a lot easier because you're explaining stuff to a five-year-old she's not even going to remember she can't she's not old enough to write all this stuff down let alone even if he wrote stuff down for her to tell just keep it simple for a five-year-old he's a psychiatrist he runs an office out of his house as for what Maggie does, she tests products for consumers. I think this is, I mean, it's going over her head as far as what Jason's job is and even Maggie's. But I like how they have that one-on-one -on -one time with her. It's just, I love her relationship. You know, I mean, Jason and Maggie, they're both in their 40s. They're raising a, another child and everything while their oldest two are like over 20 years old. But it's just, it's sweet and it's it's sad now you know watching this again and knowing Alan Thicke is no longer among us. But it's just it's cute and it's sweet. Ben says people come into your office and they lay down on the couch. Some people do, yes. Do you make them take a nap? No, 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 they don't sleep. The couch just helps them relax. Is this before or after you shrink their heads? That's a figure of speech. Yeah. I just talked to them. Jason was talking about as far as like there's two people wrestling inside so basically 
you could even use it as, a, you know, basically a person's conscience of saying, you know, the typical thing. The devil on one side, the angel on the other, and then the third person, of course, is you yourself trying to deliberate between your good side and your bad side. And Jason was talking about sometimes there are, you know, people that don't know why they do the things that they do. Like, they're angry all the time, and she was fighting with her husband. She's, uh, you don't need to go into a specific um, case this just he even could have said okay basically what i do someone comes into my office if they want to lay down on the couch and talk they can do that if they want to sit in the chair they can do that too and they tell me what's wrong with them and then i help them work through their problem it's as simple and black and white as what i'm telling you the id ego and super ego and the three people in one person is confusing the hell out of poor chrissy no wonder she wishes jason were a fireman I'd wish he were a fireman if that were my father. Like, I'm speaking to a class of five-year-olds that are just learning how to write their name for the first time. Yeah. So, now we're going to go back to the kitchen. How the fuck many sandwiches are you making, son? Didn't he just make a dill chip peanut butter mayo meat sandwich? Because even <laughs> Mike is like... Dying of starvation. He choked on that microbionic what have you or bionicle piece of something that Kate made. So he's like, I don't know, some fucking rice patty and grass or something. I don't know. But now, Luke's got an issue. He's got an issue because he spent an afternoon with Cheryl helping her with a project. And he sees that Ben doesn't treat her like... A person should treat another human being. Basically, he treats her like shit. But just that afternoon and spending time with her, Luke was like, well, I, I kind of like this girl. I mean, she's sweet and smart and f I have a good time with her and she's funny and I kind of want to see her and hang out with her. But unfortunately, she's already kind of claimed Ben. Like, should I see this girl? I mean, he's, he's conflicted. Like, Ben is like my pseudo-brother in a way. And I'm living in your house. And I just, like, he's basically like a foster kid. It's like, what are the rules? I don't want to overstep my bounds here. Which, we'll get into that later on when he and Ben are kind of battling it out over, over Cheryl and the other things you know what living in that house and what that family means <laughs> i need something with meat or sugar or fat in it that's your way to kate's oh well we had let's see hay <laughs> stucco patties <laughs> and for dessert we, we split a cheetah pet <laughs> well how about i make you a sandwich with no ingredients that occur in nature oh, all right now that's food
Yeah, that sounds great to me. I mean, you get her, she gets you, and Ben gets stinky. Okay, so let's go back to this. I did kind of give an abbreviated thought as to, based on my multiple viewings of this episode, Luke wants to get advice from Mike. And he's like, look, um, Mike, I have some, I need your advice on dating. Well, Ben. So it almost makes it sound like he wants to date Ben. And Mike's like, uh, well, that's an easy enough solution. He's not your type. And... Luke's like, well, no, I mean Cheryl. I, I'm talking about Cheryl. And he, Mike's like, oh, okay, so it's the girl who was here earlier. And Luke's like, yeah, but unfortunately she likes Ben. And Mike's like, okay, great, then she's insane. And Luke's like, well, the thing is Ben just doesn't care for Cheryl. Like, he even wishes that she would disappear. And Mike's like, well, what makes you say that? And it's like, well, because Ben literally said, I wish she'd disappear and go away. And bottom line is, you know, I, I like Cheryl, but I don't know the rules of dating as far as is it right for me to see Cheryl again. Not so much is it right for me. I think it's more because I'm living here before she because she's interested in Ben because Ben also lives here. You're his brother. He doesn't want to create a conflict, a rift in this family. You know, he, it basically even says, you know, your parents taking me in. I don't want to fuck that up by, you know, messing things up with you, Ben. So Mike doesn't have a problem. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't get, I get that you're, you know, having an issue, but seriously, just don't overthink this. You like her, she likes you. End of story. Ben clearly doesn't have an interest in this girl, so go for it. I, I'm like, green light, go for it. Ben's got his buddy Stinky. You can go fucking bowling with him and shit. But as far as I'm concerned, Ben does not deserve Cheryl. You don't, I don't give a shit if the girl's got a crush on you or someone's got a crush on you and you think, oh, I'm not into them. You don't treat them like a piece of shit on the sidewalk and say, go the hell away. Don't look at me. I don't want to see your face. I can't stand to look at you. I, that's terrible. If you don't like the person, fine. Tell them that. But don't just ignore them and treat them like they shouldn't exist, which is what Ben kind of is doing to this girl. Set her straight. Say, I don't have romantic feelings for you. I appreciate it. I, you know, it's, you know, nice, but, I, and I'm flattered, but I just, I don't feel the same way. Simple as that. Simple as that. All right, let's get, I think we're going to head back to the Dewey School, Dewey High, and kind of go from there. I think this is where Cheryl's gonna kind of do a she's all that Rachel Lee Cook moment where she's changed her appearance. Sadly, she's changed her appearance in hopes that Ben will notice her. So Ben and Luke are walking down the hall of Dewey High and Ben compliments Luke's sweater like, hey, I got one just like it, but I never wear it because everyone says it makes me look like a dork. Looks like, oh, well, yeah, this actually is your sweater. I mean, I didn't think you'd mind. I mean, <laughs> everyone says to make you look like a dork because he kind of <laughs> nudges them with his elbow. <laughs> okay, so this is where it comes in, where we see Sasha. And this is where Ben's like, all right, how does this sound? Hey, Sasha, doing anything special Saturday night between 8 and midnight? And Luke's like, yeah, that's a great balance between subtlety and begging. 
Of course, out comes out of the bathroom Cheryl, but it's different. It's a different Cheryl. She's, excuse me, she's sans glasses, no glasses, probably contacts. And her hair is down, and she's wearing, she's not wearing that jacket like she was. She's wearing a really nice top. Yeah, Cheryl's really, she's wearing this really pretty top. It's a long sleeve top with like a red floral print against a white backdrop. It's really pretty. And Ben's like, oh man, it's Cheryl. Or at least I think it's Cheryl. I mean, she looks so girl-like because her hair is down and she's not wearing glasses, basically. And she's talking about, you know, Sasha. And now Ben's worried, like, oh no, she's going to blow my chances with Sasha. Why don't you talk to her? Luke, and looks like, I gotta go to class. So, Sasha comes, um, Sasha, <laughs> um, Cheryl comes over, and it's like, hi Ben, hi Luke, and L Ben makes himself scarce, like, hey, um, Luke had questions about my schedule, could you fill him in? Like, <laughs> I'm out of here. So, yeah, Cheryl's just hanging out with Luke, talking to him. I kind of wonder if I don't think when she got all dolled up and changed her style that she even thought it was going to make a difference with Ben. I think it's the fact that now that she is, after that nice afternoon hanging out and talking with Luke about her project in Christopher Columbus, it's like, no, she's now, like, I like Luke, he's sweet, he treats me with respect, like I'm a human being, and she's going to go with Luke to the Sadie Hawkins dance, and of course... We see that Sasha Sorosky turns Ben down like a bad fucking habit. Like, who the fuck are you? Hell no, I ain't going in on dance with you, you dork. Get out of my face. So, of course everyone see this, sees this. So, Ben plays it off like, hey, stop throwing yourself at me, baby. It's over. And it's like, fuck you. Fuck you, Ben. So he goes to Cheryl as a backup plan. Hey, guess what? My mom didn't need that kidney, so they put it back. Do you want to go with me? To, uh, I, I can go with you. It's almost like he's trying to do her a favor. Like, oh, well, I can do you a favor. I can go with you now. And she's like, well, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Like, sorry, not sorry. I'm going with Luke, which well-deserved, because Ben is a, he's a fucking piece of shit in this episode. Really pisses me off. He treats her like shit. Expects her to just welcome him with open arms. Not gonna happen. <laughs> hey, nice sweater. I got one just like it, only I never wear it. Makes me look like a dork. Actually, this is your sweater. I mean, I didn't think you'd mind. Everybody says it makes you look like a dork. <laughs> Here she is. So, how's this sound? Uh, so, uh, Sasha, do anything special Saturday night between 8 and midnight?
So uh, now I can go to the dance with you. Gee, Ben, I'm sorry, but since you didn't give me an answer, I'm going with Luke. Yes! Ben is just, he's too, he's fucking cocky as fuck. But I like that Cheryl, this new Cheryl 2.0, she's got confidence. Like, I'm sorry, Ben, since you didn't give me an answer, I'm going with Luke. But I like when she's like, oh, let me guess. They found someone for your mom's kidney, right? Because she knows that's bullshit. He's like, oh, well, no one needed it, so they put it back. So now I can go to the dance with you. Like, huh, you didn't give me an answer, so I'm going with Luke. So now we've compounded a couple things. One, Luke does better on, in algebra. He got an A+. Plus. And instead of Ben getting, you know, he got an A-. minus. So it's like, Luke does better at school. Luke looks better in his clothes. Luke's going after the girl that apparently worshipped at Ben's feet at one point. Alright, so now we get Chrissy and Maggie, because she's going to learn all about Maggie's job. And Maggie apparently is testing men's boxer shorts, just like the, the waistband to make sure it's good and snug and everything, that the waistband isn't too loose. And she's got like a little dummy figure with a waist, kind of testing, like practicing snapping the boxer shorts waistband and also like make sure it's resistance for stains so she like pours like some coffee on it or something anything could say it's resistant to stains until you spill something on it it's what happens once you wash it and shit when it comes out of the dryer is that stain still there or remnants of it still there or did it disappear i'm gonna play this clip okay come on chrissy the best way to learn about my job is to help me do it good now, i'm writing an article for the newspaper about murders and stuff? Oh. No, but it's very important. About what? Boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Can you? Can they have a consumer reporter test different products to tell people which ones they should buy. Today, it's men's boxer shorts. Happy man boxer shorts. <laughs> if what's inside your shorts really matters, only happy man shorts will do. Okay. Yeah, because someone's going to dump coffee all over their fucking boxer shorts. No, at least she can understand it more because she's actually okay, cooking. Okay, we'll finish up later. Let's get dinner out of the oven. Where's Luke? Well, I think he's Woo! upstairs. Luke! 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 I couldn't resist that. <laughs> Maggie's got a few pairs of men's boxer shorts, so he probably wants to try, like, different styles, different brands. I think, well, right now she's doing the Happy Man um, boxer shorts. Their slogan is kind of weird. So, I like that she tells Chrissy that a consumer reporter tests different products, basically different brands of products, to tell the consumer like which one the best one is so a lot of those consumer reports where they're testing different products they're giving you their like oh i like this over this one because of these benefits and you know their likes and dislikes of certain ones so basically their slogan is if what's in your shorts really matters you know like your junk your penis and balls um then happy man shorts will do okay if you really care about protecting your junk and your balls and dick 
that you're going to want to wear Happy Man shorts. Just don't be drinking coffee and spilling something on your boxers. That shit's going to stain through. It's going to sear your... It's going to... I can only imagine what it would do to private parts because those things look really... Boxer shorts aren't made of thick material. It's, you know, thin. Whether they're stain resistant, I don't know. Even Maggie, as she's saying this, like the... Who came up with this damn saying? So it's got a good snapback, which is good because Maggie, like, pulls it back a little bit and just lets it, like, and Chrissy's like, ouch. Like, that's gotta hurt. And she's like, well, yeah, but the elastic... Chrissy, the elastic has to be strong. You know, you don't want your pants around your ankles. You don't want the waistband wearing out too fast either. Yeah, I think, and Chrissy's like, well, this is a lot more fun than Daddy's job because Maggie's like pouring coffee just at the top of where the, the waistband meets the shorts. And I'm like, yeah, because you're, she's actually like interacting and watching someone work. It's not like she's sitting on a, in, on a session of Jason's having him like, oh, hi, you know, my daughter, my five-year-old's going to sit in on, like, a few minutes of her session so that way she can kind of get a feel for what I do. Hell no! No one would agree to that. Hey, you want me to sign a waiver? That what your five-year-old hears is going to stay in this room? So, Luke comes, Luke, um, Ben comes in, slams the door, pissed his house, and where's Luke? And... Maggie's like, he's upstairs, because, you know, she and Chrissy were going to go, you know, you heard the buzzer, the dinner's going to be coming out of the oven shortly. And he's like, Luke, 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 Luke. Um, so Luke comes down, he's like, great pipes, every Luke within five miles is on its way over. Like, dude, the fuck? I'm right upstairs, I'm not down the fucking road, what's your deal? Ben is over the fucking top. He's like, I can't believe you humiliated me in front of the entire school. It's like, excuse me? What was that? Are you sure that wasn't something you did? And the next line out of Ben's mouth makes you want to punch the fuck out of this damn face. He says, you knew Cheryl Murray was, get this, my territory. Territory? She's a human being. She's not like part of a turf war the hell ben i can see why she went for luke because he treats her with respect like she's a girl if i were cheryl and i heard him say my territory i would have walked up to him and slapped him across the face like fuck you how dare you you don't treat women with respect so even Luke's calling him out on his bullshit. It's like, your territory, you basically, he says dogged her, dogged her, but it's like, yeah, you treat her like shit. And Ben is like, oh, another thing that makes me want to slap him across the face. We have a special relationship. Where? Where you're being verbally abusive to her? I mean, I guess ignoring, I don't know, but just, mm, uh. And Ben's like, this is none of your business. Luke gets right in his fucking face, like, I'm making it my business, I'm taking her to the Sadie Hawkins dance, and he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, over my dead body, and Luke's like, well, that can be arranged, and they start going at it until Maggie comes in, like, hey, guys, dinner time, doesn't even realize there's tension, and these boys are practically nose to nose, about to go fucking fisticuffs with each other over a girl, so now they're gonna take that tension and bring it to the dinner table, where you got the whole family sitting around the table. They start arguing about the chair, like, this is my chair, I always sit here, the one furthest from Carol. And Jason's like, no, Ben, you're gonna sit next to your sister. 
Uh, yeah, Maggie comes in like, hey, anyone want some ready for dinner? And they're like, mmm, boy, yum, yum. It's like, oh, boy. I mean, like, Ben, Luke is from the streets, man. He can knock your fucking block off. I'm going to play this clip. Good pipes. Every Luke for five miles is on his way over. <laughs> Can't believe you humiliated me in front of the entire school. What? You know Cheryl Murray was my territory. The territory? You treat her like dog dirt. We've got a special relationship. A special relationship. It's not your mm. business. <laughs> well, yeah? Well, I'm making it my business. <clears throat> I'm the guy who's taking her to the C.D. Hawkins dance. Yeah, over my dead body. Oh, that can be arranged. Yeah. yeah. Anybody ready for some dinner? Yum, yum. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my chair. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I always sit here, the one furthest from Carol. <laughs> making Luke's favorite meal, which is chicken and mushrooms. And Jason's like, look, Ben, your mom went through a lot of trouble defrosting that chicken and opening that can of basically cream of mushroom soup. I've had that. The mushrooms aren't that big. And Ben is being a little bitch. I was like, oh, I hate mushrooms. I hate fungus. And Carol's even like, what's the big deal? Just pick them out. It's not a big deal. And I'd be like, Ben, if you're going to be a pussy, if you're going to be a pain in the ass with your attitude, get up from the table and go. Because no one there gives a shit. Everyone's trying to enjoy their meal. And you're just, ugh. 
it's just everything that apparently is just culminated with with Luke being there. Just, ugh, just that whole you know that school week. Basically, he's getting better grades, looks better in my clothes, goes after the girls that are interested in me. I'm choking on his mushrooms. <laughs> so she also makes mashed potatoes and a little bit of a salad, and of course. Ben's all like, I won't eat fungus. And Chrissy, who's five, has no idea what fungus is. And across the table, Ben and Luke are trading insults. Ben's like, oh, like the stuff between Luke's toes. And Chrissy's like, ew. And Luke's like, oh, you mean the, like the stuff between Ben's ears. And Chrissy's, Chrissy's like, ew. And they're like, guys, this is not proper dinner conversation. We're trying to eat. Can we just... And Jason sits down next to Luke like, hey, you know, because... Luke's been in school for like a week or two at Dewey. Like, hey, you making any friends? Ben, of course, starts pretending to choke. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you alright? Alright. And Ben says, oh, I'm sorry if my near-death experience ruined anyone's meal. And everyone's like, I don't have a problem here. Neither do I. Nope, nope, we're good. Eating our chicken. Ben's like, oh, Carol, can you ask Luke to pass the salt and tell him I'll save him some to, if he wants to pour any of it in my wounds? Like, Ben, you're being a fucking drama queen. Give me a break. Over dramatic. Over a girl that you treated like shit to begin with. But apparently this was the icing on the cake or the cherry on the sundae. Like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Or the straw that broke the camel's back. He's had enough. Luke finally is fun of like, hey, I don't understand what I did wrong. Mike, I talked to Mike. He said it was fine. I've done nothing wrong. And Ben just turns on Mike like, oh, you told him to do this to me. Great. And Mike's like, hey, keep it down and trying to enjoy my dinner. So Ben takes from the mashed potatoes on his plate that Maggie put there, takes it, throws it at Mike, and they're like, what the hell? Everyone's like, what is going on? Ben's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw it at Mike. And then he goes, takes another handful of mashed potatoes and aims it right at Luke because Luke's right across the table from him. And then Luke, of course, starts throwing. And it's finally like, all right, that is enough. Both of you get out of here. And Mike, you can go with him because clearly you have something to do with this, which Jason's like, big surprise there because you're the one who brought this kid into our house to begin with. So now... Mike's got to play referee with Ben and Luke. And the thing is, what's really going to set Ben off, Mike is Ben's brother by blood. Luke is not even a foster kid. Well, he kind of is. He's not adopted into their family or anything. Ben kind of sees Luke now as an interloper in a way. It's like... Ben, Luke's taking all this stuff for me, my clothes, my grades, all of this stuff. And he's even talking about how, you know, I'm finally out of your shadow. For years, I was Saver's little brother. Now, I'm finally out of your shadow, and now Luke comes along, and I'm the kid who lives with Luke. He's basically saying, I'm nobody. I have no real identity. Don't you been going to that school for how many years now? Really, what pisses... Ben off the most. It's like, he's even stealing the advice you should be giving me. You are my brother, not him, not Luke's. And with that, he just walks out the door. And of course, you know, Mike had 
like, hey, let me figure this out with Ben. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Because Luke doesn't go to his room. No, he sits on the stairs and he hears every word of Ben. Like, hey, you're not his brother. You're my brother. And this is the advice that you should be giving me and not him. Like, why are you doing this? I'm going to play this clip. Ben, we didn't take your interest in show. It didn't mean I want her stolen away by some sniveling weasel. Yo, this sniveling weasel's gonna pop you yeah. Hey, 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 guys, guys, come on, you're fighting over a girl. All right, now I'm just saving it for the important stuff, like, like who gets the remote control? <laughs> how come he gets the remote control all the time? Yeah, how would you like the channels changed on your face? <laughs> hey, 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 guys, guys, knock it off. All right, now, Luke, come on, go upstairs, give me a minute to figure this out with Ben. Sure, I gotta go Q-tip the mashed potatoes out of my ear. <laughs> Tell me what's going on here? Cheryl adored me. She worshipped at the shrine of Ben. <laughs> oh, no, come on. Do you think that's really fair to use some girl like that to stroke your own ego? Of course. <laughs> ben, what if some girl was doing the same thing to you? Oh, well, I'm starting to sound like Dan. <laughs> How's my hair? <laughs> Mike, she made me feel important. I mean, all my life, I've been Seaver's little brother. I mean, that's all I ever heard. I'm finally out of your shadow. Now I'm the kid who lives with Luke. I mean, he gets better grades than me, looks better in my clothes, and I choke on his mushrooms. He's even stealing the advice you should be giving me. You're my brother, not Luke's. Mike's all like, hey, guys, you're fighting over a girl here. Why don't you save it for the important stuff? Like, who gets a remote control? And they're like, hey, how come he gets a remote control all the time? Ben says to Luke. And Luke's like, hey, what, how do you? How would you like the channels change on your face? And it's like, Mike is literally having to stand between them so they don't, like, go at each other. Part of me got, has to kind of wonder if some of this anger, I mean, I get it, he's a character, he's pissed off. I kind of wonder if them, some of this is actually from Jeremy Miller, who's kind of being upstaged by Leonardo DiCaprio as far as he didn't ask for this kid to come on in the last season. I mean, it's one thing when they brought in another baby, kind of like how family ties did when jennifer got to be too old and she wasn't the cute kid anymore they brought on baby andy now the same thing with ben let's bring in another child to be cute and adorable same thing with cosby show they did the same thing rudy got to be too old let's bring in olivia and 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 st step by step apparently they brought in they had the character of Carol get pregnant, have a daughter, and then I was watching the series finale last episode on Hulu, and I'm like, even Jeremy was like, didn't they have another son? Yeah, it was like Brandon or Brendan or whatever. It's like, where the hell did he go? Um, Grounded for Life, that's another one. The youngest son, um, Henry, the actor, his parents like were deciding, like, well, this isn't really worth it, you being on the show, you're not really they decided to, you know, move. So in the last season, Claudia gets pregnant with a little girl, and then they just don't ex explain away his ad. They only say, like, oh, well, Henry's somewhere around here and stuff like that. But, I mean, it, for Jeremy Miller, it's like one thing, yes, they bring in, Maggie has it, the character has a baby, and then bring in cutesy Ashley Johnson in the last few seasons. 
And, like, that's one thing because, you know, that happens. But they bring in another teen boy. We didn't really, other than Critters 3, what else did we know Leonardo DiCaprio, who was virtually practically an unknown at this point in 1992. He hadn't done this boy's life. He hadn't done What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He had been on a short-lived soap opera. I think he was in um, a short-lived version of the show Parenthood before it was redone in like 2009 or 2008. But I know that Jeremy Miller from interviews I've seen, he was not happy with this change. The show wanted another heartthrob. Kirk Cameron wasn't doing it anymore. He just, and he had his own set of problems with causing issues with the, the cast and, and, and the crew and, you know, him his come-to-Jesus moment and everything was creating a lot of issues on the show, putting Bibles here, there, and everywhere. I guess they had to do a sweep throughout the set to make sure they got them all before they started filming. But they it's a last-ditch effort. They knew that probably season seven was going to be their last and last-ditch effort to hopefully save the show, maybe get it, a season eight, which it didn't help. They brought in a new heartthrob, a foster kid named Luke. And Jeremy Miller is like, he's already being upstaged by a little uh, Ashley Johnson now. Now they bring in a heartthrob because they feel what? Jeremy Miller isn't up to the test. He's not cute anymore. He's not, he was rocking as hell in seasons five and six. They did this shit to him. They nerdified his ass. It's like you guys made him deliberately look and act unattractive. But what basically what I'm getting to is I think that some of this frustration and anger that Ben is supposed to be having, I think that also is personally from deep down in Jeremy and how he probably feels about the situation with Leonardo being on the show or Leo being on the show and stuff. And I think that was kind of coming from deep down inside of him was kind of pushing forth in this performance. That's basically what I was getting to in this rant. Luke's got a good line as Mike tells him to go upstairs so I can figure this out with Ben. And Luke says, oh, great, I have to Q-tip the mashed potatoes out of me here. Because <laughs> he's got like mashed potato or some goop or whatever they used in place of mashed potato. Like right in his ear canal and the side of his face. So here are some of the lines that Ben says. Cheryl adored me. She worshipped at the shrine of Ben. It's like... First of all, you didn't give a shit about her, even if she did adore your ass. You barely even knew she existed. And the fact of, oh, she worshipped at the shrine Oben. Because now it's like he's using this to boost himself up. He's being really, really cocky right now. And even Mike is like, really, is it really wise to use this girl to stroke your own ego? And Ben, of course piece of garbage character that they've turned it into is like, yes, yes, I do. Mike realizes what he's saying to Ben. It's almost like, gosh, I'm turning into dad. How's my hair? Well, apparently this girl that he's ignored forever apparently made Ben feel important. Why? Because you just realized that once Luke took an interest in her and she kind of moved on from you. And this is where he's like, for all my life, I've only been Seaver's little brother. That's all I've ever heard. I just love the emphasis how 
Ben is like, yeah, I'm finally out of your shadow. Now I'm the kid who lives with Luke, you know, the kid upstairs. Yeah. How does that make me feel? And Ben's just on a rant. He's like, he gets better grades than me. It looks better in my clothes. And I choke on his mushrooms. And then the final straw is he's even stealing the advice you should be giving me. You're my brother, not Luke's. And with that, he just walks out the door. And Mike doesn't say, he doesn't say a damn thing to any of this. Like, I'm sorry you feel that way, Ben. I didn't mean to make you feel insecure about yourself or, the, or, or any of this. But Luke, in hearing all of this, is like, oh, man. Because he, he, he says when he and Ben talk to each other that later that, I've seen it happen in families before. You just get too comfortable. You fuck up. And then you're basically booted out the door. Like, if you can't get along with a family for whatever reason, they don't ask you questions. They'll say, well, pack your bags. You're going to leave. Okay, let's get the aftermath here of Chrissy telling her class about what Jason and Maggie do. She even drew pictures. Wow, this is going to be... <laughs> Another phone calls. A couple phone calls are going to have to be it to the teacher. Hi. Hi, Abby. <laughs> How was school? Did you tell them about our jobs? Yeah, it was great. I even drew pictures. Oh, <laughs> very imaginative. Yeah, it was great. First, I told him what Daddy does. I said he takes women into his office, closes the door, and make them lay on the couch. Whoa! <laughs> and later, they come up crying and give them money. What did you tell him about my job? <laughs> I said that you're way more fun than daddy. I said that you love to snap men's boxers. <laughs> <laughs> Over and doper. <laughs> <laughs> Happy man. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> when you finish, you put hot coffee in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what did your teacher think of this report? She must have liked it. She told me to go straight home and have you call her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What do you think? Um, is this probably worse than Carol's? Because she drew pictures. Basically, she says that a lady goes into my dad's office, lays down on the couch, and then afterward, he closes the door. Afterwards, she comes out and gives him money. Wow. What does that make you think of? And Maggie isn't any better as Chrissy shows a picture of a, well, Jason's, the picture she drew of Jason is a woman on a couch, and she's got, like, thought bubbles that looks like a pizza, and then his thought bubbles also look like a pizza. And for Maggie's drawing, she has a picture of a lady who's supposed to be Maggie and a man wearing boxer shorts, and just, you see the finger, like, snapping the boxer shorts. <laughs> And she's like, oh, yeah, well, I told the teacher how you love to snap men's boxer shorts because you and you pour hot coffee down them because you like a happy man. So, I mean, she got the gist of it, but she kind of made it sound like they're sexual deviants who have sick, sadistic sexual pleasures. Like, just maybe not sick and sadistic, but definitely worthy of a phone call to the teacher because they're like, well, how did your teacher uh, take this information? What do you think? And Christy's like, well, she must have liked it because she told me to go home straight home and have you call her. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do that right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, as they're hearing it, it's like, oh, I mean, their eyes were just like, oh, my gosh. She's, like, 
just it, it goes from one bad extreme to another bad extreme. Like my God, the teacher. <laughs> Think of this teacher is like a newbie because she's never handled any of the Seaver kids. I mean, Carol, Mike, oh God, Ben, jeez, none of them. This is oh my goodness. So of course there's a doorbell ring. And Cheryl is there to speak to Ben because they're not going to be working on their project anymore. She's got some, she's, this girl's got some confidence. Like, she's had enough of Ben's crap. Like, I've waited for you to call me over the years. I always hoped you'd, you know, ask me out or something. You always treated me, like, basically like shit. So, I have no, happy for Cheryl because she needed to say this and get this off her chest like it's one thing if you didn't like me that's okay but I'm not gonna take this line down I mean if you don't like me fine but don't treat me like shit and don't expect me to turn around and say everything's okay and she even says that Luke broke our date basically because of whatever this is he said something about family a problem in the family or something. I'm going to play this clip. <coughs> Cheryl, what, what the hell is he wearing? I just came here to drop off your history notes since we will be doing our presentation together. What are you talking about? We're partners. Not anymore. <coughs> Cheryl, what happened to our relationship to let an outsider come to Oh, fuck us? you, Ben. You never called, we never went out, and you made fun of me at school. Yeah. Sure, if you want to nitpick, <laughs> you can make things the way they used to be. The way they used to be? <laughs> me hanging around your locker, doing your homework, hoping that just once you'd eat lunch with me? Work for me. <laughs> Forget it. It didn't make you like me. And you know what? I didn't like me either. Luke may not be interested in me, but things are never going back to the way they were. Wait, wait a minute. What do you mean Luke's not interested in you? Ask him. He broke our date. He did? Why? He said something about <laughs> family problems. Look, Cheryl. I've been a jerk and I'm sorry. <laughs> Would you mind going into the kitchen for a minute? Why? Do you want me to fix your dinner? <laughs> Just for a minute, please. So, Cheryl comes over to drop off history notes for Ben because they're not going to be working on the project anymore. He's like, what? I thought we were partners. Like, no, not anymore. Can you imagine if Jason actually stood and was listening to this exchange? How much you want to bet that he would have grabbed Ben by the back of his shirt collar and dragged him into the office and gave him a talking to? Like, son, that is not how you speak to women. And I'm very disappointed in your actions. I thought I raised you better than that. Even Maggie, oh my gosh. If she saw that stuff, she just gives him some history notes. And he's like, oh, we're partners. She's like, no, not anymore. It's like, she put in a lot of work in this project. And you didn't do a fucking thing. You didn't even know that you were partners. All these scribbled on history notes on a few line pieces of paper are as good as you're going to get for that. I'm sure she probably went to her teacher and said, well, my partner's being uncooperative, so I guess I'll be doing the project by myself. But Ben is all like, hey, Cheryl, what happened to our relationship that let an outsider come between us? I'd be like, what relationship? So basically she's like, well, you never called, we never went out, and you made fun of me at school. And Ben's all like, oh yeah, I mean, if you want a nitpick, it's like, 
oh, well, we can make things the way they used to be. It's like, really? Really? The way things, the way they used to be. So basically, she would be doing his homework, hanging around his locker, and hoping that maybe just once he would eat lunch with her. Like, hell no! She's like, like, oh, well, that works for me. And she's like, forget it. That didn't make you like me. And you know what? I didn't like me either. It's like, yeah, she didn't like what she was becoming, just hanging on him, waiting for a crumb of him to even look her way. Even to sit and have lunch with her. I mean, she was doing his homework. I'm like, good for you, Cheryl. Stand up for yourself, because you deserve better than that. And she tells him, you know, Luke might not be interested in me, but things are never, ever going back to the way that they used to be with you and I. Of course, Ben is like, well, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean that Luke's not interested in you? And she's like, well, why don't you ask him? Because he's the one that broke our date. And Ben's like, why? She's like, why don't you talk to him? He said something about family problems. So Ben's like, he half-assed, half-hearted apology. Like, look, I've been a jerk and I'm sorry. Can you please go to the kitchen? She's like, why? Do you want me to fix you dinner? Because he wants to, of course, work things out with Luke. I would have, if he had even an ounce of respect for this girl, he would have given a better apology. Like, look, I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. Hell, anybody who's anybody could have delivered a flat line like that. A half-hearted, no emotion whatsoever apology. But then again, I guess, do we expect any more from Ben at this point? This is just how the, char the character is being written by the people on the show. I get, do the character, do the, the writers on the show not care about Ben? They clearly don't because they brought in, as a last ditch effort to save the show, they brought in Leo. And nothing against Leonardo DiCaprio, guys, I like him. I thought he, he's amazing, amazing job in this episode. Really, really like him. He's a sweetheart. He's great to this girl. She got to see a side of a boy that would treat her with the respect that she deserves. But the writers don't care about this character of Ben Siever anymore. They've just written him off like he's virtually not important and not worth putting the work into anymore to make him a like. He's just, he's coming off very unlikable. But then again, remember that back to school episode in season two when Mike was treating that girl Elaine like crap and then going after that one girl who he learned was the girl that made, he made fun of? Yeah. So Ben calls up for Luke. Luke! Luke! I'm going to play the clip now. It's like, ugh, you bellowed. What do you want? You bellowed? <laughs> what happened between you and Cheryl? Nothing happened. Nothing's going to happen. But I thought you said you really liked her. Yeah, but I didn't know you'd get so free. And besides, you and her family have been so good to me. This wasn't how I wanted to repay you. See you around. Luke, we don't need you to repay us. You know, we want you here. I've seen it happen to kids before. One day you just go too far and wear out your welcome. If that were true, Carol would have been gone a long time ago. <laughs> well, we never did fight over mushrooms and sweaters before. Look. Never fight like that with a stranger. <laughs> Only your brother. Aww. <coughs> really ticks me off. Feelings <laughs> <It's> mutual. <laughs> ah. 
since it looks like we're both going to be here a while, would you mind doing me a favor? Sure. Go check out my history presentation. It's in the kitchen. Your history presentation? Just get in there, mushroom breath. So, Ben asks Luke, hey, what's up with Cheryl? And Luke's like, look, nothing happened. Nothing's going to happen. And Ben's like, well, wait a minute. I thought you actually liked her. And Luke's like, well, I, I did, but I didn't know that you get so freaked about it. And he says, besides, with your family taking me in, this isn't how I want to repay you. And Ben's like, well, wait, wait a minute. And Luke's even like, we'll see you around. It's like, are you just going to up and just leave? Like, okay, I worn out my welcome. I'm going to go. I don't want to fight. I don't want to cause a problem. And Ben's like, look, wait a minute, Luke. We don't, we don't need you to repay us. We want you here. And Luke's like, look, I've seen it happen with families before. So not that he's been in other foster families, but he's probably heard stories, maybe other kids that have been out on the street when he was on the street saying, I picked a fight with one of the kids there. Of course, the parents always going to side with their own child, and I'm going to be out the door. It could be over the simplest thing of who ate the last cookie in the box, who, like, dropped a toothbrush in the sink and didn't throw it out and just put it back in the, you know, toothbrush holder or some crazy crap like that, you know? I mean, and, and that's what Luke sees this as a temporary placement. This isn't going to be a forever placement for him. And he, he sees, like, any, any, any way I end up fucking up is going to be, I'm going to be booted out of the door. But then again, it's like, dude, don't underestimate deceivers, man, because... They're not like that. Even I like Ben here. It's like, hey, look, you ticked me off, but I wouldn't fight like that with a stranger. I would only fight like that with a brother. And you really ticked me off sometimes, but still. And it's just, it's sweet. They make up. It's, it's, you know, they hug, and then they go there. Oh, I don't want to touch another guy type thing. Um, but it's sweet. Even when Luke says, one day you just wear out your welcome, of course, Ben's got to get it. If that were true, Carol would be gone. Would have been gone a long time ago. Like, again, with, ugh, I don't want to get into all that shit with Carol and the writers and her Tracy's eating disorder. Just, it, it pisses me off that that even had to happen. Fucking horrible. Um, that was just, ugh. So, Ben's like, you know, since we're uh, both going to be here a while, uh, why don't you, do you mind, like, can you do me a favor? Can you go into the kitchen and check out my history presentation? And Luke's like, what? History presentation? Why? And of course, Ben's like, hey, get in there, mushroom breath. And of course, Luke sees Cheryl there like, oh, hey, Cheryl, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, well, I'll go. And he's like, no, 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 you can stay. I can go. And she's like, Luke, you live here. So they do hatch things out, and it's, it's really, really sweet. Oh, I love it so much. But I'll play the clip, and then I'll get into it. <laughs> Luke. Cheryl. Listen, I, I better go. No, 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 you can stay. I'll go. <laughs> no, 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 you can stay. No, no, I'm going. Luke, you live here. Desire for me, or Plan B. I could 
ask you here and now to the Sadie Hawkins dance. No, you can't. I'm supposed to ask you. <laughs> That's how the Sadie Hawkins dance works. Two words. Sadie Hawkins. One word. Yes. <laughs> yes! I love it! So, of course, she picks her, her stuff to go, like, no, I, I'm gonna go, like, I don't feel comfortable. Because he did kind of break their date and everything, like, I don't know what I'm still doing here, I'm gonna go. He's like, no, 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 you stay. I'll go. I'm going. And she says, Luke, you live here. Like, All right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry. She goes to go, like, I'll see you. And he's like, wait, Cheryl, look, there are two ways that I can play this scenario. One, I can spend the next year ignoring you till you're crazy with desire for me which apparently I don't think that would ever work with anybody. Or, or, I can ask you here and now to the Sadie Hawkins dance. And she's like, no, you can't. And he's like, he, for a second, I hurt and looked like, mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I'm supposed to ask you. Like, yeah, it's Sadie Hawkins. The girl's supposed to ask the guy. So she's, she's I love how this kind of brings back to their first interaction with the whole interview Christopher Columbus Arsenio thing. She's like, she, I love how she like kind of steeples her fingers underneath her chin and goes, two words, Sadie Hawkins. And he kind of scratches under his, his chin like, one word, yes. And they go, woo, 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 woo. And they laugh, but it's just like, it's so cute. I kind of wonder if Leo and um, Julie Cox, whether they uh, hung out, like, at, like if they became friends or whatever, or whether they stayed in contact over after this episode. Whether or not they did, I don't know. But it's just, I like their chemistry. I just think it's so adorable and so cute. And he's just, uh, the character of Luke, he's a sweetheart. Even... There's another episode in season seven where he goes out with another girl. Um, I forgot what her name is. But, hey, Lund. Again, you come and you bust into the room. You goofball. Um, my rabbit, everybody, I swear. But there's a girl that he takes to a frozen yogurt parlor. And he's coming up with all these lies because he doesn't want to tell her about what his life was like, you know, when he was on the streets and everything. And she's like, why won't you just be honest with me? So he does. He's like... For the last year or so, I was on, on the streets. And she, at first, is like doesn't believe him. And she's like, I don't want to hear any more lies. She's like, no, no, seriously. I mean, I was eating out of dumpsters, afraid I'd get beat up and everything. And he's so honest with her. And she's just listening. He's like, well, it's all on the story. She's like, well, I have time. And it's just, it's, it's sweet that he's, he's just such a great guy. And he's... Maybe a little embarrassed the fact that he did live out in the streets for a little bit. But the fact that these girls are so comfortable and welcoming, like, hey, I got time, guy. You want to tell me what happened? I mean, I'll listen. I'm not going to, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you at all. I mean, you're, I mean, he's a sweetheart. Treats a girl right, treats her with respect, takes her out to yoga. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they go to the Sadie Hawkins dance, he and Cheryl do. I don't know if they date for a little bit and they just figure out, oh, well, maybe you know, we don't want to go steady or anything, you know, date other people or however, because we never see her again. We don't ever see Cheryl. She's a sweetheart. I'm sure that she had a wonderful life. And I kind of wonder, like, the character of Luke Brower does, his dad rolls into town, and apparently he finds out that his back is deteriorating from the years of driving truck, which probably would. I mean, so he's been doing it for so long that um, he's got to settle down. He can't be driving truck anymore. Like, all right can't do that. What's the next thing? Run a truck stop. So Luke, of course, 
in the final episode, he's, he agrees to go with his father, like, just for a little bit to set up. And I'm like, yes, he wasn't meant to stay, because if you think about it, if his dad didn't show up, let's just say that, let's just say his dad did not show up and Luke was still there, would he go with Maggie, Jason, Ben, and Chrissy to Washington, D.C. to live? Probably. I mean, he probably, what, at least a year or two out from graduating anyway, same as Ben, they're right around the same age, so... I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Like, the character of Luke Brower, what kind of future do you see? We don't hear anything about him in the Growing Pains movies. We don't know. It's almost like his character didn't even exist. I wish we could have gotten, like, a little bit, a little tidbit of something. We didn't have to see him necessarily. But we could have gotten a little tidbit about what happened to him. Maybe his dad passed away, left him the truck stop to run. Maybe they created a franchise of truck stops. I don't know. Maybe Luke became a trucker like his dad. Like, his dad can't do it anymore, so I'm going to take over. I have no idea. This is just my wild imagination just seeing, you know, as, as far in the realm of the pieces that we've gotten from those last few episodes with him and just kind of building upon that. So, or he became an actor, I don't know, and he won an Oscar, <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, guys, that's the episode, I, I, I love this, I just, I thought it was good, um, like I said, I really, I don't care for how the writers did with Ben, I don't like how they wrote Carol and just the insults and how that led to Tracy Gold's eating disorder, and even in season seven, they're still like, Oh, I don't want to sit next to Carol. I mean, yeah, common brother, sister. Like, ew, I don't want to sit next to my sibling, bros. Like, come on. At some point in time, you eventually mature out of that and you come to... It might take a while, but you eventually learn to hopefully be respectful over each other. But this is just ridiculous. It's like they've learned nothing from what she's going through. But, yeah, that being said, um... Gosh, if I had to say a lesson learned for this episode, it's just like, treat women with respect. Don't use them as doormats. Don't just say, you yeah, you can do my homework or you can do this for me and I'm not going to give you any attention. Like, don't, and, and girls, don't, don't settle for that. You are worth more than being a doormat. Come on now. You wait for the right guy to come along and they're going to treat you as a woman needs to be treated. And that is with respect. And as for parents, when it comes to kids having to explain, I don't, I don't know, I haven't met a kid in a long time having to, I don't even remember if I had to tell my class what my dad did. Other than the fact, my dad's a farmer, or he works in a factory or something like that. But when you have a job like Jason's psychiatry, dumb it down to the point of it's just, he talks and he helps people with a problem. Bing, bang, boom, simple, done. You don't need to say, they come into my office. They lay on the couch. Like, eh, you're giving a little too much that they don't need. Remember, she's five. Simple, quick, leave it at that. For Maggie, just say, well, I test different products and tell people what ones they should buy. Bing, bang, boom. Simple, simple, simple. They could have even, well, granted she is five, so I don't know of even writing it out if they could read it, if she'd be able to read the words. But drawing pictures, I mean, that was kind of fun. But, yeah. All right, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till April, till it's officially really spring, and I'm going to do 
birth of a Caesar. <laughs> birth of a Seaver. So that's going to be Ben's 12th birthday, I think, where Chrissy's born. Um, which is kind of funny because when I was, well, I think it was 2018, was it? I think that um, I was into watching Family Ties. I still got to work my way through it. I'm only in season five, but I had to take a break because Alex P. Keaton, you can only take so much of that guy's <sighs> toxic masculinity or however he treats him. I hate it. Hate it. Drive me nuts. Um, but also, there's <laughs> when they bring in baby Andy, that episode, it's a two-parter, birth of a Keaton. So you know it's like growing pains, Family ties basically switch the genders. Two girls, a boy, then they have a boy. Growing pains. Two boys, a girl, they have a girl. Yeah, simple as that. I don't think that they brought in a foster kid. I think the closest thing they... Well, if you think about it, think about Skippy. Alex's friend, their neighborhood, you know, he had a crush on Mallory. Um, maybe Boner? Would probably be like a version of Skippy, I guess. I mean, if you want to call it that. So we're going to do that. And then I think we're going to do the um, graduation day. I think I might do that in May. Because I didn't get to it last May. Because I was doing so many other things. And then from there, you know, we'll kind of play it by ear. I just, you know, as I've said on the other podcasts, it's going to be kind of touch and go from here. Just with a lot of stuff on the home front going on. And just, like I said, touch and go, we'll, we'll reevaluate how we want to do things. There are other podcasts I kind of want to jump into. So, Growing Pains podcast, it's not going anywhere, guys. It's just going to take a break here and there, and then we're going to throw some other things out there. Um, I did get the complete, complete series of Roseanne. I am going to do an episode here or there every once in a while, too. Kind of throw that in there. Um, I am planning on finishing up Silver Spoons which I only have season one covered on the Wonder Years podcast. If you want to listen to the other seasons, seasons two through three are completed. One, two, and three, all on the Funky Power podcast. I'm currently working my way through season four. I'm going to be taking a break with the Silver Spoons podcast, do a little pre-recording, come back in like June. My goal is to finish up with the Silver Spoons podcast this year, which I should be able to do. And then I'm going to start doing episodes of Different Strokes, select episodes. Um, I'm also doing Full House, taking a little break from that. Um, I'm currently doing Everwood, which was once in January. I thought, oh, it'll be a two-episode-a-month podcast. It's not working out that way. It's going to be it's gonna be an episode a month. And then we'll just re-examine when we get to 2021 and how we want to proceed with that I kind of want to pull back a little bit even though it's like it seems like I keep adding then pulling back but that's just me it's just I always I spread myself too thin um I really overextend myself I'm not like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that every time it's like every time I get start one idea and then like a week later I'm gonna do this too it's like like there's more <laughs> there's not enough time in the world to do everything you want to do unfortunately when it comes to podcasting but um that being said, all right, so I will be back in April with Birth of a Seaver and Graduation Day in May. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. We are in, gosh, we are almost done with February. That is amazing. This, this, ugh, wow.
Springs are coming, guys. Springs are coming. Slowly but surely, we've had a decent winter so far, so just keep it up. We want to see that sun, Mr. Pucks and Tawny Phil, the groundhog. Promised us an early spring. All right. Okay, everybody. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.